hello, hello, everybody. Michael McGinnis here, and the band is almost back in full formation here. We have Bruce back, a survivor now, we can label him. Yes. Oh. So, yeah, we're going to hear from him a little bit just to give us a, an update. But tonight's topic, and we have a topic tonight, isn't that interesting, right? Last couple, I don't think we did. <laughs> so, we really have a topic tonight. Uh, and it's really, you know, we've talked a lot about healing just the concept of healing, remote healing, so on and so forth. But, you know, it's real, and that's the essence from us, everything we've seen. But what tips do we have? What little technique do we have can we share with you? Because it sounds like a big topic. You know, imagine just Googling, and you'll see, you know, things out there from A to Z. And so what we'll have a chance to each share is, is What's been a couple of the healing techniques that we've discovered along the way that stuck and that we continue to use for ourselves and for others? So without further ado, we'll start with Bruce, who thankfully I started the recording after he showed his wounds. Because yes, <laughs> that yes. changed it now back to a, a G rating, you know, uh, uh, here. And actually probably what would, what would it be? I think it's a, a it's a D rating for Dumb and Dumber, right? Is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, it's, uh, and I'm not meaning you, Bruce. No, no, you're the exception. We, we could be pushing that envelope. I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, all right, you're on, Senor Bruce. Well, well, thank you, and I appreciate your concern and prayers uh, for my well-being. Uh, did have a, a major surgery. Uh, as far as surviving, I really have no idea how close to death I was. I mean, you know, one, it's hard to know when you're so heavily sedated, but I did survive. And- um, Oh, you think you're alive now? I think so. Uh, uh, you can never be sure about such things, but- uh, We'll go with it. We'll go with it. Go ahead. Yeah, for now. It's a, it, it, it's a great green bag, if, if nothing, a brain bag, if nothing else, green. You see the uh, the, the many uh, tea leaves behind me. I, I had to read them all before I could feel <laughs> sustained enough to rejoin the, the band here. Right. But uh, yes, I, I survived the surgery. I was out of it for quite a number of days. Um, and then, then I just instinctively decided it was time to start on my healing process. I knew I needed to get out of bed, you know, and at least sit in, <clears throat> sit in a chair for a while and, and start walking. Everything was uh, ginger at first, gingerly done. Um, but I started doing some laps around the, the hospital and, um, you know, at least twice a day. Um, so I guess I, I realized I went through a lot. I, I mean, I went through at least a good hour or so of level 10 pain and, and I was sedated but I know that I went through a great deal of pain and I know that that had an effect upon me. And I think it was for the better, actually. I feel like it was a, a crucible and that I passed through successfully and I came out the other side, a better person for it. 
and better fit mentally. I seem to be thinking more clearly. I seem to find it easier to, to stay in the moment. Um, and so it was easy for me to get my brain around the concept of making myself heal, choosing to heal as quickly as possible. Um, and doing everything they told me to do, plus everything I could think to do. Now, I was on a lot of medication, so I wouldn't say that I felt normal enough to actually do what I consider to be a normal meditation. I, I tried, I tried to make sure I was connected I, I tried to uh, connected to Mother Earth, Father Sky, and to Spirit. I tried to make sure that, that that was the minimum, and about all I could manage to do uh, while in in the condition. I was in the hospital for about two, little over two weeks, and uh, and I got better as time went on. So I guess. The technique for me would be making sure that I was not ever distracted from being positive in my thinking about my healing. It was, and, and, and it wasn't with difficulty, that's what I'm trying to say. I was able to maintain that focus. Um, I felt, I guess I, I did feel a really strong connection with, with spirit and, you know, the, the source, the just, and I, and I, I never lost that. Um, my, um, my doctor said that, um, of course, the, the surgeon said that they were very pleased that I was walking as much as I was, but, th but they were really pleased I was able to do that. He said we were all very pleased about that. So that, that was, that's just anecdotal evidence of uh, that my mind, and that was within you know, five days of the surgery. So I guess that's a good indication of, of, of my state of mental being. So that's all I can think of right at the moment. Pretty good. Thanks. It is good. And Bruce, so, so what helped to keep you, because uh, keep you focused is the question, because I'm thinking about the pain. And I remember calling you at the hospital and and that was obviously just top of the list for you. Um, in addition was the medication. Um, so you had that factor, you know, of course you're gonna be in and out, other things. So how, was there anything you did specifically that helped you be able to focus? Well, yeah, I, I know that you said that you called me early on, and, and I have no memory of that phone call. 
So obviously you were getting the unfiltered information from me at the time. And I guess pain was at the top of the list. Um, but uh, in fact, I, I do still have a little bit of pain. I, I call it my, my belly aching. <laughs> but when I talk about it, but, uh, but it's, you know, at that point in time, there was no technique that was just instinct at that time when I spoke with you, there was no conscious thought of, of step, you know, get a point A to point B that that came later. So, but what, what did come later was a little more clarity and being able to, like I say, just feel the connection, feel grounded, feel connected with spirit. So do you have like a particular pet prayer or a mantra or? Uh... Well, I think we lost you for a second there, Michael. Uh, a prayer, uh, what uh, technique, I guess, a meditation. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned here before that I am a, a Reiki practitioner, so I I feel Reiki energy, and and it's I mean it's you know Reiki life force key key chi whatever is 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 the universal energy. It's the the high vibration of spirit, and if you feel that. And, and I can, I feel like I've got access to that. Everybody's got access to it, but I feel it. And it's easy for me to tap into that. So technique, I guess, of, of just doing that. Just a matter of remaining open to whatever may be available to you? Yes. Yes, and I feel like it's always I'm, I'm pretty sure during the surgery, it was available to me and I probably accessed it with, without knowing it at a total subconscious level. But my gut is telling me that I did access. Yeah. Well, I think one thing you did prior to your surgery was a technique uh, in preparation. Oh, because, yeah. Um, and that sometimes is... Um, a part of the process is is at any given point you prepare yourself uh, prepare the ground you know so to speak for the harvest and it's it's like your life is a technique of the, I mean I know that you're a, a Reiki I don't know if you would call yourself a master Reiki master or whatever uh, there's levels to that I, I think but you use that and that ongoing use prepares your body and your spirit for the event when it comes yes so there's a preparation ahead of time for for whatever comes you were, yes exactly in just the same way you know i did extra speed walking you know i had my legs in really good shape so when the time came to get out of bed and start walking i was already a step ahead in that regard that, that I could tell that that helped me. You know, my ankles were strong, my feet were strong, my calves were stronger. 
So I felt like that, you know, so in the same way, yes, you're right. Very good. Nice. So, Tom, you said you had a couple of techniques. Yeah. Well, I, something somewhat similar, but a, a specific. <clears throat> this uh, came through back in the, in the period I mentioned uh, before when I was having a lot of openings. Uh, and from that experience, these exercises just sort of came. It was like a gift uh, from from wherever. Uh, and one of them relates to, uh, I think, what you're talking about, Bruce. Um, the exercise goes like this. It's, there's a breathing process. And there's a couple of different ways that I have done it. Uh, but I'm going to try, try just a simple version of this. Uh, and I'll explain it by saying we're going to be doing in-breaths, and we can try it together, actually, um, in-breaths and out-breaths. So the first that we're going to do is going to be an out-breath because you need to empty before you can receive. You got to, to receive a full breath, you need to expel the air. And also, it's the idea of, of emptying yourself in order to receive what we need. So we're, go we're gonna empty, uh, imagine that you're breathing out through the through your back, just like the center of your back on the opposite end of your heart. And you breathe out, and, and I'll just explain it first and then we'll try it. So if you breathe out and you'll just kind of like that. Just empty out as much as you can all your thoughts, all your worries, all of your uh, complications, um, you know, anything, really. Just empty yourself to the point of... Yeah. So it'll be an out-breath. And then the next in-breath will be through the top of the head. And that will be the spirit filling you up. And so it's like... And then you're filled up with everything, <laughs> you know, you empty and then you fill. So you fill with all knowledge or all wisdom or all power or whatever that would be for, for your, your um, highest good. So it's empty and then feel it as you do it. So you would be feeling spirit pouring into you and filling you. And then the next breath is an out breath again, of course, through the heart. And what you do at this point is that you send that that you have received out to to all, to everyone, everything. And it's like an affirmation of giving. So the first breath was a, a letting go or expelling receiving spirit out breath of sending love out to to all that is as an affirmation of that which you've received but also as an act of creation so it's uh, the idea is that you empty you feel the spirit 
and you create through spirit to everything. It's like the creation act, but through love. And the next breath is from your feet up from the earth, which supports the work that you're doing or that which you are ex expressing, that which you are giving, is supported from the earth, from, from nature, from, from, from the earthly, um, from minerals, from food, from air, water, and all of those things. So the work that all the love that you've expressed and that you've given out through your heart is supported from the earth. And so it nurtures you and fills you up and, and, and uh, emboldens you to be able to do the work. And then the next breath again is out through the back where you empty again. So you let it all go. <sighs> And start off. Receive the next spirit. Oh, create. Affirm through love. Get nurtured from the earth. <clears throat> receive the earth. Receive the, the, the nurturance of nature. And then breathe out through the back again and empty. So it's a cycle. You're, you're continuing to do that. And, and I have done this. I do this before I do any of the readings that I do. I do this before I do healing work. It's part of my healing. I, I do this basically anytime I'm doing a, a, anything really that I feel is important. <laughs> you know, everything is, I guess. But any any kind of spiritual work is, is a way for me to allow myself to be aligned with the breath and we talked about the breath i think last time that um the the word is the breath and the word of god or the the, the, the energy of god is basically so it's aligning myself with that so if you'd like to try it i could just sort of guide us through it so <clears throat> i would i would just say that let's breathe out from the back and then we'll go through that process you want to try it yeah okay so we'll prepare ourselves just find you know get yourself centered and, and still and so obviously we have to take an in breath to get started just let it let it all go through the back let everything empty out receive spirit through the top of your head big in let it out through the heart, through love, to affirm your being and the healing for all. Breathe in through your feet and receive the nurturance of the earth. Breathe it out. Breathe through the top of the head. Breathe it out, affirm love. Breathe in through your feet and feel the nurturance of the earth. Release it, give it away, give it back. Receive spirit and fullness. Affirm love and create. Breathe in from the earth and be nurtured for your work. Breathe out and release into yourself. Start as an open channel. Receive spirit through the top of the head. 
affirm that, create, receive the energy of the earth, empty out, and receive spirit. Okay. So just breathe out, breathe in. <laughs> and uh, each time just, you know, be aware of which part of that cycle you're in. So the first one is to empty out. And you take a breath, full breath for, what do we call it? Uh, the first move, <laughs> you, you gotta have air. So you just take it from wherever. You can, you can start with spirit if you want and then empty that out. So if you wanna take a big deep breath of spirit and then empty it out, then you're gonna go back to spirit and breathe it in and then breathe it out through the heart and up through the feet and out the back. So each one of each time I do it, I, another aspect of that usually will come. And then I will, the, the, the next part of that is after you've done that, maybe four or five or six times, however many feels appropriate for you, you will probably get a vision um, or you'll be open from spirit if you're working with some someone and there's information to be had, information might be needed, that's where I get it. And I I'll get symbols, I'll get a picture, I'll get um, a voice, whatever form it happens to come in. And it's sometimes a symbolic uh, imagery. Sometimes it's uh, a picture or a scene. I'll see things. Um, and I don't know if other people, I mean, if it's, it's a technique that came to me and I use, and I don't know that I've shared it uh, as specifically like this uh, before, but it may be useful for someone else. You know, it helps me. Um, the other one of that that I'll share is a very, very simple one. <clears throat> and I call it the yes, no exercise. And all you do is you start out and you you could either start with no and i think that's in similar manner to releasing i start out with no but you can also start with yes so and when you do the yes i'll stand back you you kind of bend over and well let's let's try that try it the other way first i'm going to cancel out the negative first so what I do is that I, I, I bend over and make it kind of a cross like this with my hands and I say, no, it's like, no. And I'm, I'm, um, I can also do this. And when I do this, I make a, like I'm in a huddle and I put my hands on my knees like, like this and I'll rock back and forth. Whew. And I'll say no, 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 no. And I say it with authority. I'm saying no to all the negatives or all the things I want to release. And then when I get through with that, I'll cross my hands out like this and then raise them up <laughs> like this, standing up and looking up and feeling, you know, being erect, looking up and saying yes and affirming the things I want to say yes to. 
So it's no, no, no. And things will come up in your mind that you want to say no to, the, the habits or the people in your life <laughs> or the circumstances that, that you know, complicate you. So no, no to those things. No, no to um, hurting other people. No to um, the things that are uh, uh, afflicting us and society. And then, yes, yes. So you do several of those, you know, yes, until you really feel invigorated and affirmed. So you're releasing and affirming. So those two kind of work together um, and they're very simple to do. So, and it, since this is recorded, somebody can take that and work with it, develop their own parts of it or, you know, it's evolved for me over time. So, I mean, I've, I've added other parts to this. Uh, we talked about sound, I think last time maybe, or the time before. And one thing I've added lately is when I'm doing the, I, I came up with this idea of vowel sounds that kind of work with this breathing thing. So on the um, spirit, I, I have done an in and an out breath for each one. So for instance, with spirit, uh, with, with the top of the head, I will breathe out and say yes, like I did with this other one, yes. And then I will simply receive like in the previous exercise. So it's yes. So I'm affirming yes to spirit. And then on heart, I'll say, ah. Just the sound. Uh, uh, and I came up with sounds basically that are sort of emotional to relate to what would I say if I'm in love? <laughs> you know. Uh, so it's kind of like uh, embracing and loving and making a sound from that. And then from the earth, I will I will breathe out and I'll and I'll give to the earth. So each one of these has a giving and receiving for each of those four things that we did. Giving ah, giving love and then receiving love. And then breathing to the earth, breathing into the earth, my energy, my my love. And I'll say, mmm, just the close M sound. Mm, you know what you would say if you were just like really that was a great meal <laughs> mm, that was good that was so tasty and then breathe in the support back from the earth and then breathe out it's the emptying again but this time it's oh it's like oh i know that when i'm in pain or when i've got something going on it's not so that i don't want to hold on to it Sometimes that, oh, you know, it's kind of a natural, oh, sound that kind of comes with that. Oh, empty out, let go of it. And then receive that which you've given away, that, that all of that that's cleared up because spirit clears all that. Once we give it away, it's just stuff. And there's nothing but stuff, <laughs> basically. It's just misappropriated. It's we we clouded it all. You know, we we formed ideas about it. So it's just experience. And so we receive then 
that let go stuff that's like a yard sale of spiritual energy, you know, <laughs> flea market of spirit. And you say, you say, well, that might be something very useful, you know, that somebody let go of or I let go of. I might learn something from that. So, and then, yes. And I say yes to that emptying or yes, spirit. Yes, I'm ready. And I receive it and start over. Well, Tom, I wanted to, to expand just a little bit. When you uh, mentioned uh, breathing out through the heart, you said it's you're giving love to all. To, to, to all, all that is. Giving yeah. love to, to everything, which so, covers us all, right? Right. So uh, when I think of all, I think of every human being on the planet. I think of the planet itself. Yes. I think of the solar system. I think of the universe. Yes. And yes. I think of spirit. Right. So yeah. when you're, when oh. you're giving love from your, if you're creating love from yourself to all, then you really are connecting yourself with what Tom Sawyer used to call home. Yeah. Right. That's right. And that's, that's a great thing to do. That's, that's, that's part of my meditation as well. That's why I kind of latched on to that. Yeah, that's what, what I mean about. by all. That's what I mean. Because yeah. it's hard to define where that's limited. You know, it's going yeah. to all. So. It's unlimited. Yes. Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> I've always been impressed by your rituals and things, Tom. The things we've done in Sedona and different places, Virginia Beach and different places. I've I've never been one for ritual, but uh, or things I've run into and it, you know if I happen to stop into a church for some reason, it's just like yeah okay this is what they do. But for some reason the stuff you come up with has had meaning and value to me. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. it has. Yeah, and, and you know I didn't just make it make it up necessarily <laughs> it's something that that came you know uh, right. from spirit so i i don't take credit for it, it it's it, i take maybe credit for sharing it well we, we uh, all know that santa is, is, <laughs> is a spiritual being and santa does not do dogma right that's right, right. that's i mean right, right. yeah so many so many of the rituals you tell us that you I don't want to use the word made up, but you, you created, envisioned, whatever. Uh, and they, they had a, a meaning, a power. You could feel the, the process, feel a process going on through the ritual. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, the idea is that it's very experiential. You know, it's, yeah. it, you're doing it. And, and the, it's not just like I know in some rituals in the church, the people just recite the oh, holy what it means half the time, you know. Right. Uh, but it's just something that they do because they have to, they're supposed to, and it's you know whatever. Uh, yeah. But a ritual also can uh, we also create rituals of negativity sometimes that people do repeatedly over and over and over again, and so they create the opposite effect or the the negative effect 
by continuing the same patterns, that's a ritual. Um, so it's a matter of stopping that, and and it may feel um, at first it may feel like you're contriving it, you know, if you're trying to do something. But if you really get into it and embrace it and do it and feel it, I mean, it becomes a very powerful. I remember one of the, you mentioned those rituals in um, one of the sessions after we had been to Egypt and we were doing those uh, rituals in the King's Chamber. And Mike, you, well, you, you were on that, right, Richard? No, I was not. I missed oh, you that weren't. one. Okay. Well, anyway, we did this ceremony and out of that ceremony one of the things that happened was that a group of folks went into the sarcophagus in the king's chamber and they had a, <clears throat> a rebirth experience i guess you could say that was the intention to go into the sarcophagus and come out of the sarcophagus a new person so you die and then you're reborn just to simply simply put uh, and not everybody got to do that because there was the selection process that uh, Dan necessarily had to come up with because there were a hundred and some people on that. And to go through that with a hundred and some people would have been complicated. So certain people were chosen uh, to do that. Um, and it was by random, so, um, supposedly. But once we got back from that trip, um, it occurred to me that we could do it or uh, on our trip. Uh, we went to uh, the ashram in uh, the Lotus Shrine, Satya Nanda's ashram there in Charlottesville. Uh, and I mentioned briefly that we had been there with Satya Nanda and joked around with him and all that. But at that retreat following that, with a group of 25 or 30 of us, we had time to do that. So we reenacted that ceremony, um, and it just, again, it just kind of came as something we could do. It, it wasn't something I had to spend a lot of time planning. It just kind of came to me that, that this could happen, and then a little bit of planning, of course, to set it up. And Carol's um, came in significantly into this with me because I had her be uh, what Dan did, had her do what Dan did. Um, because I felt that she, I don't know if to say needed, but I thought it would be helpful or strengthening uh, for her to be doing a power, um, a power play, <laughs> to be doing something of power, to be empowering. I guess that's, that's the word I would want to say, to be empowering others. Because she always did, does do that. I don't I have, of course, we haven't seen Carol. I, you probably have, Richard. More than, um, but uh, I felt like it would be empowering for Carol to be in the position of being the one who was the, uh, the initiator yeah. uh, to do the initiation uh, for us. And I, so there was an ulterior motive there on my, my part to, to have her be in that position without making a big deal out of it. But it, it was obvious to me that that would be healing and helpful and empowering for her to be in that position. Uh, 
given who she is, what she's had been through. Did you get to lay in the, in the sarcophagus? No, uh, but Jeff and I were in the ceremony, in the king's chamber the whole time. Yeah. So we had a unique position. And one thing that I, I asked Jeff about, I mean, not Jeff, but Dan about this, when the time came, he actually brought it up. He said that some of us didn't really need to do that. Uh, we had already you know, had that kind of experience and didn't need to go through that particular ceremony again for our rebirth. Right. So it would have been just taking up space, <laughs> you know, for somebody else to go through it. But we had the unique experience of, of playing, and, and I did, of channeling music for each person that went into that ceremony and laid in the sarcophagus. So with, with flute and with bells and with chimes and with gongs and humming and whatever else we did, uh, I was able to, to express a musical uh, enhancement to the process they were going through. So I was a part of each person's initiation in that sense. And that was a very special gift, you know, to, to actually be in. I mean, that, that was a unique gift. So the only ones that had that experience were the initiator, uh, Dan in that case, and then Jeff and I, uh, as being the, the music portion. So initiation through music, that's my part. Right. Carol, Richard, had... do you have a couple of techniques you want to share, and then I can follow you? Let's say something. You were going to say something about Carol. Yeah, Carol had got a chance to lay in the in the sarcophagus, and she allowed herself to be distracted by noise that other people were making in oh, the yeah. in the king's chamber at the time. Uh, and Tom had said if she had been able to uh, set that aside, release that distraction, uh, ignore it, whatever that, she'd have gotten to a. a another level spiritually and what i noticed the i think the reason he offered that to me is i was saying to him that after that trip her newsletters changed they had a deeper feeling not just a uh, a dialogue of we went here we did this but there was a a deeper feel i don't have a better word for it a deeper feeling in it it had it was more meaningful than just the group went here the group went there there then we ate um a more than just a travel log well i think also this experience that we had was just pretty close to the after closely after that yep. and it could you know that in addition to whatever happened to cause that uh, I felt like that the event that we did with that ceremony had a powerful effect on the people that went through it. I mean, we we yeah. spent all morning doing that. We dressed up in our white. Uh, we we did the whole ceremony basically um, with each person coming in, all of us holding them in our embrace of love, them going through, lying down on the floor going through the, the motions of the same. You don't have to go to the king's chamber to do this. 
You don't have to go to Egypt. You don't have to go anywhere um, to do any of this stuff. It, it, it can be enacted wherever you are in the simple exercises or things that I've just shared or in a, in a ceremony that you can create yourself for empowerment and for, you know, it, it, I would encourage people to make up their own, you know, to create yeah. and, and, and to sit with spirit and let one develop and, and, and you know, because that speaks to you. It's, it's yeah. really right. personal. But I, I felt like that that experience that we had, the people who went through that were were uh, rippled. <laughs> we, we, we got rippled from that. Rippled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, as I say, a voice, and but always been impressed with the rituals you come up with and stuff. But the things for me, uh, befitting my frame of mind are the stuff I come up with is far more simple minded. <laughs> well, that's okay. You know, it's, it's what, it's, it has to you're be just simple minded. Just face it. <laughs> it fits me real well. Yeah. <laughs> now, whatever I, works. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I find that. Uh, if I'm in some kind of um, emotional turmoil to get quiet, it most often happens at the end of the day <clears throat> and at the end of the day and I'm uh, in bed ready for sleep, but I'm not really ready for sleep yet. So I'm, uh, so I'm just looking at myself and saying, where am I? What is it I'm doing? And trying to be honest, truly honest about that. Like, what what are the thoughts going through my mind? What if, um, whatever's going through your mind, if it's going over and over and over again, that's your mantra, right? As you were, as you were saying, we, you got to say no to that stuff. And uh, so I identify that and then say, okay, what else, what, what then do I need? And I'm asking upward, outward to the universe, God, the Almighty, whatever. The, uh, what do I need? What's fitting for me? And <clears throat> at that point, try and be, try and, and attain a sense of openness. Right. You know? If I'm, if I find I'm, I'm, I look at where is my priority? Am I prioritizing what's going on in my head? Or am I prioritizing what I feel in my chest? And I try and, and let go of this and refocus down here just to see how does my heart feel? And, and just to have, to have that connection. Uh, and the more clearly I can do that, the more the useful, helpful comments will come. Like, oh, okay, not that, but this, or I don't know, maybe I'll, something I'll have to say to someone or something I'll realize about myself. <clears throat> uh, one, of the, uh, one of the problems I'm dealing with right now is, is uh, one of my granddaughters is autistic and has quirks and, and oddball things that can be really 
disconcerting, you know, that it can look very uh, hurting, hurtful to other people or hiding honor of herself. And I, what I find I do is ask myself to be loving of her as she is with all of that in, in place. Simply be loving, to, to feel it, to put all my focus and my priority in my chest and be open and accept her as is. And then the next helpful thing will come to mind. And that, that's what I tend to do in, in general with different people or myself is once I've connected here, gotten out of my head and connected down here and, and hear that sense of openness, then the, the next useful, helpful thing to say or do uh, comes to mind. And then my head gets into gear how to find a time for that to happen. You know, am I going to meet this person? Am I going to see this? Am I going to, I don't know, whatever. But it's putting the head in service to the heart, getting things the heart wants done, rather than the head trying to figure it all out and, and get it done. So it, that's the simplicity of, the simplicity that appeals to me and works for me. That's it. Uh, but that, that's a great lead-in to me, Richard, for several reasons. And I'll come back to that in a moment because I want to commend you um, on one of the things. No, I'll start with that. Is this, uh, there's a thing that you do that's very healing. And healing, I think, can take many different forms on it. And you send out a weekly email, Sundays, you know, about. Uh, I'm not even sure what words I'd use to, to, to share the topic, but it, they're all very spiritual. The simplest way to say it is I send out whatever I've been working on. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's and the I, topic. That's great. That's how it comes to you. But you do yep. that. And in addition to that is uh, during the week, Tuesdays, this is where there's certain people that get hugs, right? And hey, let's send out hugs. And I recall on many occasions, you know, you'd send out the email back that somebody had sent out about, hey, thank you, certainly felt some extra special vibes at night or whatever. Yeah. And then there's the special prayer request. And so um, I just want to commend you for that because to me, that's a real hard thing that you're doing that really solicits the healing energy from anybody and everybody that wants to participate, you know, out and there seems to be a collective input. So that's a wonderful gift that you do. And, and I think it, it is a structure, um, you know, a discipline that you do do, but it's also interesting. So first of all, thank you for doing that. I think that that's something that, that has been, I've seen many people comment and respond to that. I felt it myself too. The other thing that, that you shared Early on, this is I can very much relate to it. And I wonder if that's sort of characteristic of our past of having more traumatic kind of backgrounds is that there's really no, you said there's really no, you're not one for structure or 
Uh, I forgot what the word is. And I can very, very much relate to that too, because I've never really had it. It's, it's whatever is the flavor of that day, that moment, the video I'm watching, the, the teacher, whatever. And, and I enjoy it all. And, and I can very much appreciate it. And I wonder if that comes from uh, our mutual past or just, you know, just maybe totally coincidence, not sure. The other thing that I just wanted, to, feel free to comment if you wanted. Yeah, just to, to jump in real quick there, something that, that suits uh, what we've all said at the moment, said, have been saying tonight, is a comment uh, from Buddha what, that to, um, to continue doing a, a spiritual exercise which served you in the past is to continue carrying the raft after you've crossed the river. So what I'm hearing is in each of us with Bruce and, and, and Tom is the the attending to what is needed now. You know, the, the, um, the things Bruce was talking about, which in my simple mind, I've lost the thumb off, and Tom's rituals. Tom creates the rituals in service to the moment that's coming. Not, not well, this worked before, so let's do it again. It's much more honest and authentic than that. Well, it's it's not that you can't do something that you've done before because it right. can function, <clears throat> but the first part of the process is to empty. Yeah. So because once you get that spirit coming through you, these ideas come from spirit, and it's not the same every time. Yeah. Or is it that the process just is to open up and to allow the cycles of life, right. the giving, the receiving, the letting go, the receive, you know, and yeah. once that opens up, that's not the same for every person, you know, that's right. a very unique. Uh, and that might, you know, that opens up the, the door, Pandora's box sometimes, it opens up the door you know, to, to then for the new, you know, for Pandora's the other box. Yeah, yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I find that, that for me anyway, it even though it's and and as I say, it's it's evolved because just in the last uh, since last week, I added another whole dimension to it. Yeah. So it's it's a matter of saying, okay, here's here's a technique that somebody can use because not everybody operates the same way. Some people need a technique. Yeah. Uh, and that's okay. Right. You know, if that's the way right. you are, use the technique, but don't get hung up in it. Yeah. The te this technique is is a process, but the idea of it is to, be, to get to the place where you are in the moment, where you are in the now, where right. you are in the all. Yeah. Where you are expressing, and there's and there's no particular judgment about what you're giving, it's just spirit. <sighs> because every breath we take is a ceremony. Every breath we take is a ceremony, is a ritual. The daily we get up in the morning, we do our thing. That's a ritual. We go to, as, as Bruce put in a little note to us, carry wood. 
um, in the rock you'll find me. Here, you know, Jesus said this, that, that you'll find me in the daily grind. Uh, I'm there in everything. So and, and so the ritual is to be open to that, is to see it as a ritual. See every act of your life as a sacred moment and to act on that and to treat it as a sacred moment. So if you're doing something you don't feel good about, is that what you're creating? You want to cre keep creating that, you know, a negative thought, an anger, so, you know, yelling at somebody, yelling at your kid, um, eating something you know is not good for you, whatever it might be. That's a ritual. So it's a matter of choosing the things that nurture, things that feed all of us, the things that are healthy and positive. Well, and I also want to say something about ritual and defensive ritual. Right. Um, they, they definitely have a place. Um, I think that you're right. Every living moment could be viewed as our, our own ritual. We're all different. We all have our own different ways of, of going about life. But each moment gives us an, another opportunity, not to find an answer, but to make a choice. That's what life's all about, is making choices. And for me, what, what a ritual represents, and I'm, and I'm going back to the Reiki thing, if you want to learn how to practice Reiki as Dr. Yusui taught it, there are certain rituals that you must learn in order to do it. And for me, the reason for the ritual is to give you the mental discipline. Not everybody, some people can, but not everybody just sit down and have instant focus, instant mental discipline to accomplish such a, a spiritual thing. So what ritual is there for is it gives you a structure. It gives you a method of obtaining the necessary self-mental discipline to do it. So certainly ritual has its, has its place, but it's always a work in progress, like you say, Tom. It, it can always evolve. And, and as we evolve, our needs change. No, I don't want to carry a raft over a mountaintop, of course, but <laughs> but yeah. it's good to know where that raft is. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Michael. Michael, I interrupted you. Go ahead. Yeah, a great conversation. And there's so yeah, there's we'll probably need to continue on at the topic. But anyways, is I just wanted to first of all thank you, Richard and I appreciate that thought, Bruce. I just, I guess I've, I'd say for myself is, is as, that's one of the reasons why I really love the priesthood because that gave that ritual. Um, the end outside of that, there was not a lot of the ritual available, right? Unless I, you know, made it up myself and, and stuck with it, but I enjoyed it because there I found that sense of ritual, which was a big part of the priesthood to me. Yeah, quick thing that I'll share, and then I've got a couple of, of uh, techniques to share is, is 
Tom, I believe this is the sarcophagus. Is that right? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, so interesting story on this is, is so I was not selected <laughs> to be uh, in here, but yet I'm in it. And so uh, characteristic of me, you know, is just that, uh, you know, okay, you know, I, I've spent a life in business and career and there was always sort of the inner circles and, and then, you know, and I allowed that to be, and I'm not referenced that in a demeaning way. They're, they're just, you know, there is, that's, it's how things work. And so, but I really wanted to be there. I felt so called to really be there. So after everybody had left, I stayed in the pyramid. Uh, yeah. and I went to this place and I did it myself uh, and, uh, uh, being in there, which was a pretty neat experience, but again, that was just characteristic, but I also, this gives a nice reference to what you were sharing. Now, yeah. the first, yeah. the first technique that I have is, is, is this, is, can anybody pronounce this? Ho'oponopono. Uh, you know it? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I, cause I, I just Googled it before I did it. Cause I had learned this along the way and I had no idea. And I typed in the words that I share and sure enough, you know, here it is. And then it came up with this name and I said, Oh my God. I said, okay, I've heard of that. So anyways, I'm going to stop sharing here, but um, the essence of it to me, it needs to be simple. Um, and it really just comes, you know, what challenges, me from the trauma past and i went through this for years in counseling this is the mind is very active and the heart is tough to get to uh, and as been through the years with respect to the spiritual awakening i really began to open up the heart so i found out what i did i really needed something simple uh, that i could really do uh, but do really from the heart and this was the power of that statement uh, for it. And I learned along the way, apparently there's some history and stories about a psychologist or something who had used it, who had struggled with uh, patients. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Very good. And yeah, so he, he was given charge of a, uh, uh, a psychic ward with, with the, the worst of the worst. And he never actually visited any of the patients but would look at their sheet and say those four st statements, recognize that a part, whatever he found in them, he had a part of that as well. So he would say, I, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you, I love you. And, and do that as honestly and thoroughly, deeply as you can with every single, single person. And pretty soon everyone was cured and walked home <laughs> that's the yeah. basics of the story and i and, and it's a great thank you for putting us i heard that and i said i like that that's something simple that's why i can wrap my arms around it and get it and i love the wording for it uh, because it really resonated with me and i put it into practice and i still do today and whenever there's a disruption you know, a, a challenge between a, a relationship, uh, uh, a medical, anything, it makes it simple. I just simply resort to that phrase. And I can definitely say that I've had confirmations of it working. 
for the fact that things have turned around now is it was you know it's it goes back to that whole discussion is that ego or is it really well you know it's, it's happened enough times that i feel okay there's merit there and i think that really represents the value of these kinds of healings it's the intention um more so than anything else uh, but I did receive, you know, confirmation in terms of the situations improving on a number of cases and practice it. And so it's the, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. And I'll repeat it. And then after I just do it 10 times, I'm not sure if that came from the psychologist or psychiatrist or not, but I just repeat it. We would repeat that. And then when I'm in that moment, I would just think of anybody in my life of which I've had any kind of disruption or issue with, and, and I would recite that, um, recite that with that too. And then I'd finish it with my own version. So first of all, is is, you know, I say, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, repeating it. And then I'll finish it with saying it to myself. I love me, I'm sorry, and my name, Michael. I forgive me, Michael. Thank you, Michael. And it is a very refreshing aspect to it. So my conclusion on a lot of the healing things is, is sometimes we do, we need that little bit of a structure. I know I did because there's a billion different ones out there. And I think it gets confusing. People feel you have to have a, this one, or this is the right way, or this is the right one to use. And I remember going through that initially. And of course it, it just really, overwhelmed me because all I had, all I kept doing was trying a million different things and, and not really doing any kind of steady practice of one, but that's really, um, one of them. And the other one that I find is something really simple. And it just really came from the years of going through counseling and therapy, uh, and they call it talk therapy. And I'm a person that when I am in emotion, and I am feeling it, it is strong and it is ever present. I wear my emotions on the sleeve and I need to deal with the emotion in order for me to be able to get to a better spot, to be able to deal with it more rationally than emotionally. Um, and so I really am a huge subscriber of talk therapy and you'll know it, Tom, I've, I've called you, you know, at times, uh, Richard, same thing with you, Bruce, you and me have conversations when things are there. I love the talking through it because it allows me to really get some of that energy out. And that's how I've really come to believe that is, is that everything is an energy, emotions are an energy. And if it's something that we, we want to change the resonance of that energy, you know, to be able to just in this case, talk through it. And I found that there was a lot to being able to getting it out on that part of it. And uh, um, I just also just want to uh, say thank you because that's where the three of you, you know, have been very instrumental in my life, you know, and in so many people because they were on the other end of that phone and they helped and they listened and they patient as you did, Richard, and you talked about this with the gentleman that you were challenged with trying to work with recently. You know, is this that what you were there, you, what you were was being that empathetic listener. And so much of what we can just do, one of the most powerful forms of healing that I do, 
and this is more than anything else, this is to be that empathetic listener. And I found that that is just so helpful in helping the other person begin to unwind from whatever the important or critical state that's going on there to be able to get to a better place for. No. Uh, Michael, that reminds me of a, of a thing that I <clears throat> learned years ago from Native American teachings and whatnot, that, that, that of the talking stick. And the talking stick in a circle that, that the members of the tribe uh, have a symbolic stick, you know, that they use as the focus. When you have the stick, you have the, you have the, the room, you know, you have the voice. So the stick passes from one to the other, and you can either do it in a circle in your turn or just pass it to whoever's ready. Um, so if you're not quite ready to share yet, some people are, are on the spot if they feel like, well, I'm next and I'm looking for what am I going to say? And they're thinking about what they're going to say all the time instead of really listening. But if it just goes, you listen, whoever has a talking stick talks and they have the floor. And they share whatever they need to share and everybody listens and then the stick is passed to whoever's ready for the next person and they share and it can take time i mean it, it can go for a while if you've got a lot to talk about sometimes you have to check that you know if um, somebody's going on but it anyway the the, the idea is that you have um Nobody's going to contradict or judge you or, you know, it's not a question of a discussion. It's not a discussion. It's you have your time to express what's on your heart. And then that, that goes around the room until everybody's had a chance. And if you don't have anything to say, you don't have to say it. You know, um, it's not a forced kind of a thing. But that just reminds me of that, that idea of listening that you don't always have to have a comeback. You know, we've talked about that before when we were talking about ed giving advice. It's not, a, it's not about necessarily giving advice or what might happen. It's more about as, uh, allowing the person to discover because you're really talking. If you really get into that, we're talking, spirit is talking through us. If we're really open, the way we talk about, the way we're all expressing, is the idea that we are aligning ourselves with our higher self, with our higher good, with the oneness that we all are a part of. And if we if we were to listen to ourselves, sometimes we might learn something. You know, we might actually in that talking, a lot of times people resolve their own issues, and that's why they say, "Wow, you're you know." You really helped me and you hadn't said a word, you know. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay, that's great, you know. It's good that you realize that, that you found that, you know, message. Michael, I also wanted to thank you for pointing out that it's very important uh, part of healing is to ask for help, to help receive help from others to heal. It's not just all on your own. Um, and I think that that's very important, uh, very valid. Now, having said that, um, I'm sure we've all heard the, the term personal power, um, which basically is, is a, another way of saying our faith 
it's another way of saying, well, okay, in our base chakra, we have our power, but at the same time, it's a reflection of us being our authentic selves. That is what our power is, to be our truth. That, that is what, when you are your most powerful. And I think a part of the healing process is grasping that authentic part of yourself, your, your, the, the power, power of yourself, and being able to use that to, for your own self-healing as well. So, yes, it comes from within, but it also is external from, from other people, too, who we're all one with anyway, you know. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. That's why we say that. We're all one. I think that's the underlying theme here is at one or mm -hmm. atonement. And it, in, it would the atonement generally means trying to make up for at one mint more to be one with they both end up in the same place. And uh, that theme seems to work for all of hold for all of us here tonight. I think the word forgiveness, if you look at the root of the word, it means to forgive. It's to, to go before and, you know, the mistake was made. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, if, if we don't make mistakes, we don't need to ask for forgiveness, right? I mean, if we were perfect, we wouldn't be running around doing this. But if because we were in this state that we seem to be in, where we make all these mistakes all the time, uh, and that's how we're learning, we want to go to the point before where there is no mistake. That there is no mistake. You don't have to ask forgiveness anymore. And that's the that's grace. That's when we all all of our sins are forgiven, then we can live in that state of not having to ask for forgiveness anymore. I mean, we can be in that that perfect place within ourselves. Not that we're there, uh, but it's the attainment of of that peaceful place within ourselves where we're not having to ask for forgiveness all the time. You know, may. If we're not making as many dumb mistakes as we we might have made in the past, you know, just let's clear some of that stuff out. I don't want to be apologizing all the time. I want to celebrate life. You know, that's why I feel so bad about going to church in certain churches that I feel like I'm a sinner all the time. I'm, I'm not worthy. This whole idea of unworthiness, being unworthy. I'm unworthy. I'm unworthy. I'm unforgiving. All oh, forgive me. Forgive me. You know, whew. Where's the celebration of life in all of that, you know? So, I mean, to look at both, you know, all of that, mix it up a little bit. A fantastic session and Tom, some great words to conclude it. So if we attain atonement, Attainment of atonement equals forgiveness. <laughs> <laughs> Did I get that right? Well, a state <laughs> of grace, a state of grace, you know, the being being in grace, being being fulfilled, being happy.
you know, it's okay to be happy. <laughs> so many people are caught up in guilt all the time. They're never happy because they're always thinking about all the mistakes they've made. Yeah. That was a great session. And Richard, I think you captured it really well in terms of just really it is. It's, it's for each of us, it's, it's, it's a willing intention uh, to do this for ourselves, for others. And there's a variety of techniques and ways. Tom, I agree, Richard also shared this in the beginning. I, you know, I, I could say, again, in the beginning of my journey and, and envy could be a perceived negative word, but I really envied you. And I say that more of a loving way um, because you really amazed me with respect to the rituals that you brought in, the songs and the playing of songs. And you were, you were a key part of the, um, the priesthood, you know, as far as uh, um, just really, to me, representing somebody humbly loving who really does a great job of giving. And I just honor that within you as well. You're quiet. <laughs> That's a first. You talk Santa right out of his own words. <laughs> yes. But really good. But guys, really good. It's, it's we're at the, the time here to conclude. I'll share a thought. And anybody have something to, to uh, share as a conclusion, please chime in too. Is, is I think the most important is, is the intention is, is it, it can be any form, any of the one of the forms, any of the million forms, but most importantly, to do it. To do it to self is probably really, really important up front um, because that's the hardest part, I think. And then to be able to do that and help heal others is, is one of the other great things that we can do. And there's a variety of ways to be able to do it as we've talked about. The important thing is to do it in the simple or complex or whatever way that there is. And I think as we look out at the world today, I think that's the essence. We see a lot of pain and suffering, an extreme amount, right? And this is the essence, and this is really why, and I recall the priesthood sort of being called together under Dan's vision, you know, was in part to help heal the world. And we did a lot of very specific acts out there I see this as, as a, a small fragment in terms of what we're doing as a reminder myself and others and whoever the audience may or may not be, if not, it's the intention being sent out to the universe. This is how important it is, is, is that we take the time to heal ourselves and to heal the world. And Bruce, you're doing a fantastic, you healing yourself is one of the greatest examples of the power of healing and you're doing that. You know, and well done. And by doing that, you can better be a teacher to others because you've been there, done that, and you have that experience to be able to refer and relate to. As so many of the great teachers who've walked in our presence and before us have, have always had. And I think it's really just a matter of, of healing in some simple way, whatever it is, 
to be able to begin that healing of self. Remember, this story is, is one must be able to learn how to clean their own house first before they can teach others to clean their house. And I believe that came from Tom. If not, he reminded me of it probably four million times. But thank you all for sharing the different ideas, techniques. Tom, one thing that I would really love to do, and maybe we could do it uh, simply a one-on-one -on -one session or something like that, is record your specific different approaches to it. And that way it's out there. It's like, Bruce, when you shared out the Abraham Hicks uh, MP3 file, yes, that's great, right? It's tangible, right? It's something that can reside on my computer now that I can go and play. And I think that's the kind of thing, too, is, is Thomas, is you've got a lot of these techniques that are well worth recording. And maybe we just do that sometime. And you prepare yourself, whatever it is, have the tools of things, and think about it and let me know. Happy to well, happy. Well, to it just... goes from extremely simple, like you guys are talking about, to more complex. But it's, again, the, <clears throat> the hope is that by doing these, you start to understand that you can create your own uh, rituals and it's not that hard to do. So to, it can be as simple as complex as your mind is or as you need. But there are also, and the purpose of saying to record you is, is that, yeah. I mean, I really like listening to others. I really like right. um, hearing others is what's his name, Andy. He's on Headspace now on Netflix and he's doing this whole series on meditation. The guy's right. a genius for, with respect to now bringing to the mainstream level this concept of uh, meditation. And he's, he's converted Buddhist and just but practically doing it. And I think that's, and as I see it for you, what I'd love to sort of consider is, is that, you know, you have this technique. You also just, you know, if there's a room or something that you can really do some of your sound. What an awesome experience right. that was to be able to just sit back and listen to that. And these are the things that, you know, is, is if just get them out in these small ways or however, what a great, great opportunity for somebody else because, you know, they, they do get the chance. They probably, people have picked up one or two things from me. Yeah, I'm going to try that. That's what I've done, right? And it works, it doesn't work. Okay, that's how we end up figuring out what we're gonna end up doing. But yeah, I, I'd love to really just, just have you featured on many of the things that you really did. I know Jeff brings a lot of structure with respect to uh, different techniques and uh, things as well. But anyways, that's really the conclusion is, is just, you know, the, we're at a place as we always been probably in life history. We see it out there. There's a lot of healing needed and we need to just find those simple techniques to begin healing ourselves, so that we can collectively uh, continue the process of, of healing humanity, healing mother earth, uh, so that uh, we continue to grow and evolve as an amazing species. Thoughts, comments? Uh, Dol, it's healing is doing. It's not being. Uh, if it's an active process, you have to be healed. But a healer is a doer of love. It's giving love doing the love and, and that's uh, that's a key to me not just sitting around thinking about it 
not an intellectual. Richard, Cruz, any thoughts? Yeah. I just love it. <laughs> yeah. The healer within. Yeah. The physician within. Heal thyself. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's the, the phrase you were searching for was, is uh, Tom claimed was an old Jewish proverb. If you if you seek to save the world, put your own house in, in order first. You know, that reminds another, me of, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say another quick analogy is put your own oxygen mask on first before you visit <laughs> the person next to you. Yes. Right. yes, yes, yes. Well said, Bruce. Perfect. You know, Richard, it reminds me something to consider. Um, but there's a lot. You own an incredible wealth of information related to Tom. Um, and it comes out in bits and pieces as it relates to various conversations. Uh, I'm not sure if you have or be interested. Same, like I said with Tom, it would be great sometime to do an individual session of you to just really, from a list of things, um, in whatever order you come up with, is share sort of your uh, history of experience with Tom and a collection of wisdoms and input. I think that would be an incredible gift uh, to really share with others and do justice to you know, what Tom really did, who was really the initiator of this whole ripple effect. Yeah. Think okay. about it. Yes. Start writing it down. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. Yeah, Richard, you're responsible for how we end these sessions now because you, you've helped us realize that there's a better way to conclude. That's what comes to mind at the moment. It's, it's been heavy. It's been heavy. It's been heavy. I offer you a light heart. God bless you all. Hey. I love hey. it. I love it. Yes. Yes. There you go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, how complicated is that? Yes and no. It's working. My dog's just started wagging his tail. He's it's working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Until next week. Have a great all one. Right, love y'all. Love y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye.